Hello, welcome to Shadow Sides. This is a place where we talk about all things in the shadows that lurk in the alleyways, that hide under your bed. This is your host, Jordan Reyes. And again, welcome to Shadow Sides. All right, guys, um, as I mentioned before, um, that we were going to cover on the unidentified, the missing, um, the unsolved. And today, that's what we're doing. We're, we're going to be covering an unsolved case of Jane Doe number 59, also known as Sherry Doe. Um, unfortunately, I don't have anything, any personal experience I can relate to this case. All I can do is relate. Um, Elton John made a song in the 80s called Goodbye Norma Jean. And he has a line in there that says, I would have liked to know you, but I was just a kid. Your candle burned out long before. And that's kind of the way you feel when you learn about who Jane Doe 59 was and what kind of girl she was. And on top of that, she was absolutely gorgeous. So we're going to enter the case of Jane Doe 19. Jane Doe number 59, um, also known as Sherry Doe. Um, but before that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a moment. guys now we're back and we're going to get ready to cover the case of Jane Doe number 59 also known as Sherry Doe on November 9th on November 16th 1969 the fully clothed body of a white female was located in the dense bushland of Mulholland Drive in Los Angeles California um, her body was discovered by a 15 year old boy who'd been bird watching um, upon a closer examination the victim had died of multiple stab wounds predominantly inflicted to her neck um, approximately two days before her body was found dumped in the ravine at the side of Mulholland Drive. Um, a tree branch uh, that was 15 feet down the ravine had prevented her body from falling a 699 foot deep fall into a canyon. And believe me guys, if that branch wasn't there, we probably wouldn't have found Jane Doe 59 or in the kind of condition that she was found in. An autopsy conducted the following morning determined that uh, the Jane Doe had been discovered within 24 to 48 hours of her murder. In total, um, she had been stabbed over 150 times in the neck, chest, and torso with a common pen knife. That's a very unusual weapon. Um, with as many times she was stabbed, that's usually attributed to a crime of passion. Um, some of these wounds had severed her carotid artery, and defensive wounds were also discovered upon her hands, so she appeared to be fighting. I wonder if she had any DNA under her nails. It was also believed she had been transported to the location where her body was discarded in an upright position, and that her murderer was a right-handed individual, right-handed individual based on evidence. Um, she had not been the victim of a robbery, so that takes that motive out of it. Um, or a sexual assault, so that motive is out the window. Um, she had no drugs or alcohol in her system when she died, and she had a pro and apparently she had eaten two hours before she was killed, and that's kind of interesting. Um, maybe she was in a relaxed state. Maybe it was.
was a crime of passion that came on all of a sudden. Again, these are just theories. Jane Doe was described to initially believe to be between 20 and 23 years old. Um, she was five foot nine in height and weighed 112 pounds. Um, the woman had green eyes, tinted dark brown hair, and had vaccination scars on her both her left arm and her left thigh. There was also a one quarter inch horizontal scar um, that was visible beneath her left breast and a birthmark located on her right buttock. Um, she had several silver amalgam fillings in both her upper and lower jaw. And besides these traits, there was no other distinctive features and she had no idea at the time of her discovery. Um, evidence discovered at the crime scene um, suggested that Jane Doe had been placed in the back seat of a car and then driven to the dump site. Um, where her body was dragged out around the trunk of the vehicle and then she was thrown down the ravine. Um, furthermore, on November 21st, a pair of Liberty brand glasses belonging to a nearsighted individual were found approximately 50 feet from the dump site. Um, although it remains inconclusive whether these glasses are even related to the case. Because several articles of her clothing were... Um, manufactured outside of America. Uh, Jane Doe was thought to have been of, uh, out of the country of Spain or Canada. Her boots and her jacket were made um, in these countries, respectively. Um, other articles of clothing worn by her uh, were from Massachusetts, a leather belt and a sweater and some cut-off shorts. Very atypical of girls at that time, cut-off shorts. Girls wear them now, I love them. Um, a buckle on the belt was also made of brass and it's said that Jane Doe had two metal rings one white and one yellow um, the yellow ring contained a red stone and the white ring bore Native American designs and was manufactured in Mexico the location of the Jane Doe and the probability that she was seen alive in the company of the Manson family prior to her murder prompted police to suspect that the Manson family was involved in her murder. Charles Manson was interviewed before and after the victim's identification, but denied any involvement. Nonetheless, a woman closely matching the description of the Jane Doe had been seen days before the victim had been murdered with various family members in Spawn Ranch. The individual who informed police of this fact stated she believed the woman used the name Sherry. That's how she got the name Sherry Doe. The Manson family was also suspected due to the fact that months prior they had murdered Sharon Tate and four others um, in uh, Roman Polanski's house um, approximately six miles away from where Jane Doe was dumped. Um, these, of course, were the Tate-LaBianca murders. <clears throat> so this all happened in 1969. Several weeks prior to the body being found, there was a girl who went missing. Her name was Reed Sylvia Yerbetson, a 19-year-old Canadian woman. Reed was the youngest child in her family and was born on September 23, 1950, in Sweden. Reed's family were Estonian refugees, and they fled in 1944 during World War II. They'd eventually made their way to Canada in 51 and settled in Montreal, Quebec, and that's where Reed would grow up. Um, by her family, Reed was described as a lovely, free-spirited, and happy girl. She was very artistic. Um, they said she sang in the youth choir 
Um, she was deeply loved by both her friends and family. During her teenage years, like all of us, Reed wanted to stretch her legs, and she had developed a taste for adventure and freedom, all the while being naive and trusting of others. After she graduated from high school, Reed moved to Toronto, Ontario, and she found work at Canada Post. Uh, she went to live with her grandmother. From Toronto, at the age of 19, she went to visit California in 1969. It seemed that she decided to stay there because Reed's parents received a postcard from her saying she was happy and that she had a nice apartment in Los Angeles and, Los Angeles and told them not to worry. <clears throat> Reed Sylvia Yervetson had departed from her home country to visit a man named John or Jean in California in the late summer of 1969. Several weeks after she arrived, she wrote a postcard to her family which described her life in Los Angeles as generally satisfying, um, and she encouraged her parents to keep in contact with her via correspondence. She also sent another postcard to her closest friend. Um, unfortunately, these two postcards would be the last that her family and friends would hear from Reed. Um, her family did not report her missing, as they had known just how adventurous Reed had become. In her, in her later teenage years and presumed that she was just simply making a life for herself. <clears throat> Over the years, though, the Yervetsons uh, would make tentative efforts to contact Reed, although all of them would prove fruitless. Um, her sister Anne would recollect in 2016 that in addition to the family's hope, Reed would, Reed would contact them when she felt the urge to do so they did not know how to find someone on the other side of the continent. So, after several weeks would pass, um, Reed's parents did eventually send someone to the return address of the postcard. Um, this individual, upon arriving, uh, was informed that Reed had vacated the apartment several weeks previously. Um, so, what the family did is they hired a private investigator, um, but this individual was unable to garner any fruitful leads but despite the setbacks Reed's sister emphasized that prior to her being shown the online photographs of Jane Doe 59 she and her family had never given serious thought to Reed being a victim of a homicide in June 2015 your vetson's older sister Anne was contacted by friends who had been searching through the NEMA system and they noticed a similarity between a morgue photograph of the Jane Doe and Anne Yervetson's estranged sister. In response to the notification, Anne submitted a DNA sample for comparison to a sample retrieved from a bloodstained bra belonging to the Jane Doe, which had been retained and stored and from which DNA had been obtained. One year later, in April 2016, a formal announcement was made that the body was conclusively identified as being Reed Sylvia Yervetson, a 19-year-old native of Montreal who had been living in Los Angeles for just weeks prior to her murder. <clears throat> so fortunately, guys, there are prime suspects. <clears throat> so following Yervetson's identification, both her family and cold case detectives named two individuals of interest. The first was, of course, going to be the Gene or John guy, that she met uh, while she worked at a Toronto post office several months prior to her murder. According to her family and a Los Angeles cold case detective named Luis Rivera, Yervetson became completely smitten with this guy and had saved her earnings 
so that she could travel to meet this individual after he had relocated to California. The postcard she had sent to her parents and closest friend on October 31st had informed them that she was contented and had planned to stay in California and that she had found an apartment within a four-story building named the Paramount Hotel. These postcards would prove to be the last correspondence they would ever have with Reed. Furthermore, Yervetsen was not known to have established any other close acquaintances throughout the relatively short time she lived in Los Angeles prior to her murder beyond this individual and a likely roommate of his. And neither the man she had traveled to meet nor his roommate had ever filed a missing report on Yervetsen. That's a little disturbing. Um, Composite sketches of these individuals were created by the Los Angeles Police Department from descriptions created with the cooperation of a witness from Montreal who had known Yervetsen prior to her departure to California. The individual reiterated to investigators the fact that Reed had met Jean while she worked in Toronto. And uh, she stated that she had specifically traveled to California to meet with with this guy after his own previous departure from Montreal. The witnesses also stated that this individual has a medical student who closely resembled the Doors lead singer, Jim Morrison. Um, He was reported to have had a slight French accent. The second individual interest was uh, Jean or John's roommate, who interestingly enough was also possibly named Jean. This guy was described as having a Beatles-style haircut. Um, In 1970, the roommate um, of of Jim Morrison, we'll call him, um, the Beatles guy had informed one of Reed's friends in the spring of 1970 that he and the first suspect lived with Reed in Los Angeles the previous year. The individual claimed that Reed, Reed left of her own volition um, and that she had not been in any form of danger when she left the two men. He even made the statement of, oh yeah, she was with us for a couple of weeks and then she left us on her own and everything's fine. She was happy. That's a little disturbing. He seems like he's trying to redirect focus. Uh, the third individual investigators were interested in was an individual named M. Lindhorse. Uh, apparently, M. Lindhorse lived across the hall from the apartment that Reed lived in with these two individuals. And investigators were hoping that this individual would be able to recall the surname of either or both of the two individuals with whom Reed had lived prior to her murder. So... <laughs> Thanks to DNA, uh, Reed Yervetsen was identified. Jane Doe 59 had a name. Um, her family um, would find some sort of peace in knowing that Reed had not left them and decided to start a life on her own. It's hard sometimes for people in this situation. It's a limbo-like place they're in, you know, feeling like your family member left, and especially for people that had good familial relations with this person why would they leave Um, but at the same time you're hoping that they weren't murdered Um, but it was nice for them to finally get that peace of mind to know um, that Reed was at rest and they could bring her home there is a Reed Yervetsen memorial website I highly encourage you guys to look at it Um, her sister Anne has posted a lot of pictures of Reed on there Um, that being said I'm going to close this episode with Anne Yervetsen's words and I think she does it best. Reed has been identified, but the murderer has not. I have shared these personal family photos in the hope that they might prompt someone's memory and help those who had contact with Reed to remember what she looked like at the time. 
This in turn might enable them to provide leads or confessions to the police. I'm asking any persons who might still have information related to my sister, stay in California to write to or call the police, the Los Angeles Police Department. So guys, if you have any information that can lead to the arrest or conviction of the person or persons responsible for the death of your vetson, please contact the Los Angeles Police Department or write to them. Uh, this case is still unsolved. Um, her family, I'm pretty sure, would be happy if there was justice that could be brought um, to the individuals responsible for the murder of their sister and daughter, Rita Vetson. <laughs> that being said, um, thank you guys so much for spending time with me in the shadow side. Um, if you guys like this podcast, don't be afraid to help a brother out. Um, um, if you can send some support, it would allow me to further the uh, quality of the podcast and to spend more time podcasting. I would eventually love to be a full-time podcaster. Um, in the meantime, I persevere. I am a humble security officer um, who loves to podcast. So guys, send some love. If you And also, if you guys like the podcast, um, just send me some ratings. Let me know how I'm doing. If there's any improvements I need, let me know. Um, I'm very new to the game here. This is my first week podcasting, um, but I'm a longtime listener. So thank you guys so much for joining me in the shadow side. Take care. Till next time.